0: I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories every Monday and Thursday of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Today, I have Jasmine Lopez, who was born and raised on the southwest side of Chicago. She is a mom to three beautiful girls and a wife to her high school sweetheart. She's an entrepreneur, a photographer, and owner of Authentic Adventure. She's also the co-founder and executive director of a new nonprofit called The Firehouse Dream, where they teach creative skill sets to young adults from communities that have experienced disinvestment. Welcome, welcome to The Courageous Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: And so you and I were connected through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And I remember waiting a couple of weeks because I was so involved in launching the podcast. And then I said, you know, let me reach out to Jasmine and just, you know, get to know her. I know we're kind of strangers, but I felt like when we talked that first time, I learned so much about you in such like a short period of time. And I realized that, you know, your story was very unique and very different. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you on today. So, you know, thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I love whenever I can have an opportunity
0: to share my story. Uh, I know you told me a little bit about your background. And so, you know, just kind of take us back to your upbringing, where you're from, and, and you know, kind of how that story started
1: Yeah. So I was born and raised on the southwest side of Chicago um, with a single mom. Uh, My dad left before I was born. And so having a two-parent home was just something I was never exposed to or understood. We lived in a low-income community. And I think I didn't really have language or words to fully understand what I was seeing and experiencing on the outside. And so for me, growing up, all I could think of is like, I can't wait until I can determine my own future, where I can get out of what it looks like to live in the hood, uh, what it looks like to experience the things I was experiencing in addition to just seeing the struggles, while also being hopeful that things were gonna turn out for good again not having language as a kid to understand like why does my mom have to work all the time why does she have to work two to three jobs why don't I ever see her why are we at home um, but I knew there was something growing up missing that I was looking for when it came to presence with family when it came to community when it came to finding my own sense of purpose and so I just grew up very angry isolated almost like disassociated from myself and from people and Basically, what I learned to do was to dissociate so that I could protect myself from being hurt or from people who would eventually leave me.
0: I can definitely relate to some of that as far as like disconnecting, not trusting people, fear of, hey, if I get too close to this person, you know, they're going to leave, they're going to walk out, they're not going to be around. And so I imagine it was difficult growing up feeling that way. And so did you feel like your environment was beginning to shape who you were as a young girl?
1: I think as a young girl, I didn't know how my environment was shaping me. Now, as someone who's 36, I see how my environment as a little girl shaped who I am today and how it's impacted who I am and who I believe myself to be. And so, I don't know, I think there's like this narrative around this concept of what's it like to be raised in a broken home? And when I think about that language, I even think about as a kid. I didn't think I was being raised in a broken home. And so I try not to use that language even now in how I talk about myself and what my experience was growing up. And so I share that because I think as a kid, there was more part of me that was missing in what I wanted and searching for, and I just didn't know how to find what I was looking for. And so as a way to self-protect, I would then act out. I used to have like a really bad cursing problem, so I would curse. I didn't have deep relationships. And when I think about school, like I can't even remember much of my experiences in school outside of like some of the negative experiences that I've had with teachers and peers. There's a lot of memories that's lost. And so when I try to think about the good, it's really hard for me to remember that. And so oftentimes it's easier for me to remember the bad and not the good. And I think I'm really in a season where I'm trying to remember the good and focus on the good because I know that in the midst of my story, in the midst of where I was experiencing experiencing hard things and hardships i know that good was there and i want to remember that so i can hold on to that as well too
0: Absolutely. And that's so important. You know, a lot of times what helps us to get through some of the difficult things or the past or the memories is holding on to those good memories and you not remembering and not having that must have been very, very difficult. I know that one of your major struggles was, you know, not having your dad growing up and him leaving. How did that make you feel?
1: I think not having a father present in the home for me was challenging. When we think about single parenthood and what that has looked like, and when we think about the generation, my generation that grew up, about 50% of us grew up without fathers. And yet mental health was something that was never talked about in the process. And then you add in the complexities and the nuance of what it's like to be Latinos and living in low-income community, being low-income, it's trauma after trauma, and I'm so grateful for the ways God protected me because even in the midst of all of the trauma that I had experienced, I'm grateful for how he protected me and I didn't experience certain things that maybe could have led me down a path of doing that. So not having a dad in my life, I truly took on this mindset that I believe that I didn't need a dad. You know, he chose to leave. He chose to not participate in my life. And so I don't need a dad. And so I remember even in high school, I did a speech about how single moms can do just as good as two parents. And it was my declaration, my way of proclaiming that. I don't need a dad. And now looking back at it, it's so interesting because I actually wrote a blog on it maybe last year about how I used to think I didn't need a dad. And it was through therapy where my therapist really helped me to identify abandonment and how abandonment impacted my worldview and how I saw myself and how I saw the world. And so it reminded me of that speech that I did. In trying to convince myself and the world that I didn't need a, a dad. When in reality, while I may not need a physical father, I needed to be able to grieve the fact that I didn't have a father in a way that other children had fathers. And I wasn't given that space and I wasn't given that language as a child to experience what does it mean to grieve the idea that my childhood was not what it should have been, what God originally intends, and that it's okay to grieve, it's okay to cry, it's okay to hash it out with God, be angry, Mm -hmm. and to feel all the feelings through it. And so about three years ago in therapy... I allowed myself to grieve and I allowed myself to let go of the notion that and and to get to a place of peace in my story that I didn't have a dad for a big chunk of my life.
0: I just had uh, somebody on the podcast just recently and he said the same thing. He had done a similar thing on a post stating that, you know, he had his mom and his mom was his mom and his dad and that's all he needed. And he was very adamant, but that's wrong. You know, moms, I love you. You're great. You're super women. But we need a dad, too. And he said sometimes, you know, you miss out on your dad. Uh, One of the reasons could be because, you know, the mom and the dad are in conflict or the mom might be bashing the dad or, you know, whatever that is. And so I hear you saying that, again, you're a young lady growing up, Latina. You have a little bit of a different story, but it's still the same Dealing with mm-hmm. rejection, dealing with abandonment. I know you had said that in high school, you were very quiet and you said, you know, you didn't really socialize because that was your way of guarding and, and kind of protecting yourself. But then in your junior year that you had given your life to the Lord and that God took you on that journey to healing. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was such a transformative experience. I feel like Jesus met me in a way that he knew I needed to be met in the way that I experienced him. So I was actually at a youth retreat. (laughs) So random how I got there, but I was there. We were in worship and I just had this beautiful, profound moment with the Lord. And I just felt I was sitting in the fetal position, which is really a significant thing for me when I look back at my experiences in the way that I've experienced Jesus. And so I was sitting in the fetal position and I felt him approach me. And I heard, I've missed you, Jasmine. And all I could do was cry. I just began to weep. So this was like a very personal, intimate experience between me and the Lord. And all I could do was nod in my head, like I've missed you too. This sense of love. I felt this perfect love that I had never experienced before that I didn't even know I was looking for. And so he met me with this love and he said, but if you're going to follow me, I need you to forgive your father. And all I could do was nod my head and said yes. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know how I was going to do that. But I knew that I wanted this love that I hadn't experienced before this perfect, inviting, welcoming love. And so I walked through a three month process of just like diving into scripture. You know, my mom, still a single mom, never remarried. My brother, moved out of the house because he was in college now. So it was just me all the time at home after school because my mom had an opposite work schedule. And I just remember using that time to read scripture in my bed. And I just fell in love with who God was in the life that he lived and how he served people and how he cared about justice and the least of these. And because I identified as that person because I was that person and I experienced how he healed me. And so as I continued to dive into scripture, I knew I needed to take the next, Step of talking to my dad, and I was so nervous. And I'm actually grateful that my mom intervened. And I don't know that she fully knew what she was getting herself into, but she made a call to him while I was at work one day and was just like, Hey, your daughter needs to talk to you. And so I came home. She pre warned me, let me know that she called my father, and uh, he called me. And I shared with him the exact story that I just shared with you. And he was crying. I was crying. And I said the words, I forgive you, dad. And I felt the literal Way of hatred, bitterness, anger, leaf my shoulders. And I'm so grateful for that moment. And now to think that I'm 36 and I've had my dad in my life longer now than I had him not in my life. And so now, you know, we're super close. I talk to him often. I have these amazing deep conversations with me. He's so proud of me. I'm proud of him. He loves my girls. They call him Grandpa Ozzy. It's been a really neat experience to see how God has healed, restored our relationship and reconciled. What I didn't realize, though, when I was 17 was how the abandonment had already, in an essence, done its damage to my brain and how I would then react in other relationships and in the way that I saw the world. And so that was the part where I really needed to partner with a therapist and find healing from the way that I felt about myself and about relationships due to abandonment.
0: I hear you talking and I, oh, I I can just imagine. You know, I've struggled with my relationship with my dad the last 20 years, and he's kind of been in and out. And, you know, we we talk, I mean, we're okay, but I wish it was more, you know, I wish it was better. I wish he was a part of uh, my son's life when he was growing up. But, you know, sometimes you don't know why people do the things that they do, and you don't understand the behavior and, and what they've been through. And so I love that you found that place with God to help you and lead you down that path of healing and restoration. And as you were talking about all the things you're doing with your dad, you know, I was getting very emotional um, and I was tearing up because it's so important to have those critical people in your life and in the lives of your children, too, because everybody needs a grandma and a grandpa. You know, everybody needs a mom and a dad. And I just pray that if there's people out there that don't have a relationship with their kids, even if they're adults or with their grandkids, know, know that it's so important for them and that they just want to be loved and be accepted and not rejected or abandoned, you know, like you said.
1: And even in that, it's never too late. Like I have seen God use my story with my dad to help other dads that my dad is friends with where Mm. he's like, man, look at like my dad's not a necessarily a person of faith. He's on his own journey in that, but he acknowledges that there's God and he sees how God has moved in my life the last, 17, 18 years now, that he shares what God did through our relationship Mm -hmm. with his friends, with his dad friends, and are like, look at how my relationship with this, with Jasmine. Don't give up. Keep reaching out. Keep letting them know that you're there for them. Keep asking for forgiveness. And it's just been, it's been so cool to see how he has used our testimony as a way to encourage other fathers to restore their relationships with their children.
0: I love that. Oh my God, that's amazing. And that's how it should be. You know, when we learn something, when a relationship is restored, we need to brag about God and say, hey, it wasn't what I did as a dad, or it was what God did through us, you know, that I finally have a relationship with my daughter today and my grandkids. And so I know that you had said to me, you know, when you started your business that you were struggling with your identity. And I think that that is so prevalent right now with young people. You think you should be this. You think you should look like that. You know, you're a Latina. Tell me a little bit about that. Trying to identify who you really were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started my photography business in 2011, my young mid-20s. And you know, I think at this point in my life back then, I was still kind of in that mindset of like I had Jesus. I'm trying to live my life according to a way that honors him while also trying to live my life in breaking off the struggle, right? I grew up in a life of struggle. I don't want to struggle anymore. This is what it's going to look like. But there was some in that process, there was still some like, why? Honkiness, brokenness, a healing that the Lord wanted to do in me that I wasn't aware of. And so the first seven years of my business, I just allowed the lies that I believed about who I am and in my identity to impact me to make decisions um, and how I operated my business. So for example, like I struggled with my cultural identity, with my Latin identity as a Mexican Mexican and Puerto Rican. Um, My last name is Lopez. I felt like I was being judged and stereotyped based on um, my services and how I was charging. I was comparable to my counterpart, colleagues, other friends in the industry, but yet when I would receive inquiries, it was Oh, I didn't know you charged as much as you do, even though my pricing was on my website. And so comment after comment after comment, I had another person tell me that I'm not worth what I'm charging. And because of my brokenness and not being rooted in my identity, I was like, well, maybe I need to change my name. So my business at the time was called Jazzy Photo. And Mm -hmm. so I assumed the name Jazzy. And I changed my signature. I took off the name of Lopez. I didn't have Lopez on my website because I just got so tired of being assumed that because of who I am and that stereotype that I would then be a cheap or inexpensive photographer you know and there's these different types of stereotypes when we think about what it looks like to hire certain services um, that really should be challenged and biases especially toward those of us who are uh, Latino and so for me it was just like this constant brokenness I also through therapy learned that I believed that I wasn't meant to succeed the way that my peers were. And so I would see my friends thriving in their businesses, and yet yeah, I was struggling. And then when I would have good things happen, I then would self sabotage it. I would struggle with the idea of, like, why did this person, you know, book me for XYZ and I'm going to ruin it. I would just rabbit trail and go down these really negative mindsets about myself, about my skill set as a photographer, and then also just what people thought of me. And I really. Tried to assume like white culture, like whiteness, in order to be able to achieve the type of success that I thought I was looking for within my business. And then about three years ago, I remember scrolling through my Instagram account and I saw my brand doesn't represent me. It doesn't feel like me. Like it felt again disassociated from who I am as Mm -hmm. Jasmine Lopez. And so I really felt like it was an invitation from the Lord to identify why. Do I feel like that? And, and what are some of the lies that I'm believing about myself through this process? And so the Lord just walked me through this journey. You know, it does something to you right. when you are a business owner, but yet never assumed the owner of the business where I am assumed the help, where I am assumed the assistant. Um, It is painful and it hurts. And if you don't have mentors and if you don't have people in your life to speak value and worth into you, and if you don't have people who are telling you and encouraging you to tell you that you have a place at the table, you're gonna start believing these things. And so that's where I found myself. And so I had to undo and unlearn all of that. And I felt like I couldn't do that with the name Jazzy Photo. I needed something new. So I rebranded to Authentic Adventure. And really the idea of authentic adventure is for me to embrace all of who I am and to share the highs and lows in the process as I'm pursuing my God dreams. And I feel like after two and a half years, I have found my authentic self because I want other people, especially people of color, to see themselves represented and to know that there are going to be highs and lows when you're pursuing a business or your dreams. But you can do it and to embrace it and to embrace the fullness of it. Embrace even the letdowns, the lows, because you can't celebrate the highs if you don't honor the lows.
0: That's right. I love that. Well, I'm a big fan of entrepreneurs, Latinas, Latinos. I mean, I always tell people when they have thoughts and dreams, like, hey, you should turn that into a business. And they look at me like, huh, I can't do that, you know? But we need more of that. And you're right, we need mentors and we need people that will walk along that journey with us because we're considered the gig economy, the small business, the entrepreneurs, the solopreneurs. We have something to share. We can be just as successful as any other person out there, it doesn't matter where we come from, we have value. And I love, I love that you share that. And that's a part of your journey. And so what was your motivation to push through all of this adversity?
1: Uh, Man, I believe in the power of our stories. In this process of photography, identifying who I am, I'm like, how can I be photographing and sharing other people's stories? But yet I'm not digging Mm -hmm. into the Work within myself. And so that was definitely a motivation where I was like, okay, maybe I need to take a season where I'm not focusing on other people anymore, but I'm focusing on my story and where I'm getting rooted in my story. Because I think it's easy to be like, okay, this is what I experienced. Now I want to go help people without doing the internal work first. And so for me, my motivation was, okay, I need to take time to heal and process through my lived experiences, gain language for it so that I can be able to name it and say, this is what happened. This is what I'm feeling. I needed to learn boundaries for myself and boundaries around others. And then I needed to learn how to have hard conversations with those that I needed to have hard conversations with and really separating myself from the mindset of what the American dream looks like versus the God dream. And in my opinion, those two things look very different.
0: Mm, That's, that's so, so true. And so I love how you had sent some notes and it said that your business is all about who you are as Jasmine Lopez, the daughter of God. And I love that. I love, and that's so true. Like we have to remind ourselves that we are daughters of a king of a God that loves us and he created us perfectly in his image. And that's so powerful. And so looking back, you know, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I think about so many things. I would definitely go to therapy sooner. I went to therapy for the first time almost three years ago. And when I started it, I'm like, why did I wait so long to do this? Um, I know there's a lot of stigma around it, especially in Latino culture. And so when I finally got the courage and just believed that God was going to provide for it somehow, because I know that it it can be a financial burden, I don't want to assume anything you know, let's destigmatize mental health and what it means to go to therapy. Um, Another thing I would do differently is I think I would approach my higher education in a different way. What I would have done was instead of getting myself into so much student loan debt with college, I would have gone to a community college, maybe taken business and Mm -hmm. then find someone to apprentice or be mentored by who could develop me as a photographer and in the area of my interests. I think another thing, that comes to mind is, and I know I've mentioned mentors, but I think that's super huge and so interesting because I feel like it's now where God has really placed amazing mentors in my life. They share their wisdom with me and it's just been so impactful and helpful. And then the last thing I think I would do differently is really diversify my network. And what I mean by diversify my network, I mean get around all kinds of people, especially people who are doing things that inspire you and that you're encouraged by. Get around them. But I also think it's important to make sure that we are surrounded by people who don't all look and live and believe the same way that we do. I think there's so much value to sit at tables um, with people who have differences and to learn from them and to listen and to um, be in relationship and friendship with them. I think it really widens our world view and perspective and how we see not just us but how we see the world as
0: well. I love that, that that's such great great advice and so important as your thinking or considering of going on a journey of maybe entrepreneurship or even something else, you know, that people can definitely relate to. And so as we're winding down, you know, what advice could you share with someone that's experienced some of the same things or that might be going through a difficult time?
1: So I would share um, that your story is your story, but it doesn't define you. Um, That it's possible to find healing and to walk through a healing journey. You might not get like healed instantly in one moment. It's a process and that's okay. I think the process is beautiful. So to embrace it and to know that our experiences and the things that we've gone through don't define us. We can decide what our future
0: is going to look like. Amazing. I love that. And so I know you, talked a little bit about Authentic Adventure and what you're doing there. But, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about the Firehouse Stream, your non-for-profit and how people can connect with you and maybe come alongside you or maybe even make a donation.
1: So the Firehouse Dream is this nonprofit that my husband and I started. It's brand new in the sense that we just launched. But really the idea of the Firehouse Dream is to not just teach creative skill sets like photography, graphic design, film, and so much more, but it's it's like a holistic approach. So it's to teach the skill set along with financial literacy and then as well as partnering our lived experiences. So what are the things that we've experienced? What's our story? And how do we partner our story with creativity and and share it through that way. And so I'm just really excited for what we're doing with the Firehouse Dream. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to now step into this next season of what does it look like for me to step into a mentor role and be able to impact the next generation.
0: Amen. Amen. I love that you're giving back to the community and that you're going to begin to shape them and help them and give them the tools that they need to be successful. How can people connect with you, your business and the firehouse on Instagram?
1: So Instagram is where I'm at. I'm a millennial. So we're all about the IG. Of Um, course. So so for Authentic Adventure, I really call that one my personal one because I feel like my business is my personal brand. Um, so that's Authentic Adventure Co. It's all together, no periods or dashes or anything. And then you can find the Firehouse Dream, the same thing at the Firehouse Dream. And that's where we'll be sharing more about um, what we're doing there. So it's a really cool space that we just renovated um, over the last two years. That is the two best ways to find me, connect with me, reach out.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm so happy that we had a chance to connect today and just get to know a little bit about you and your story and all the amazing things that you're doing. And I just pray that God continues to bless you and your husband, the mission that you're on, that he continues to grow your God story, and that you'll continue to bring healing to other young people that maybe have been through some similar situations in their life and letting them know that what they go through does not define who they are. And you are definitely proof of that. And so I thank you, Jasmine, and I pray that people connect with you and that your business and your passions and dreams will continue to grow beyond measure. Thank you and bless you. Thank you. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast twenty twenty. At gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.